0: Merry Christmas. hope you're enjoying time with family or friends uh, together in celebration of Christ's birth. And to do that together, I thought we'd just read Luke chapter 2 together a little bit. Um, Thank you. Uh, I gotta turn this on. There we go. Uh, You can follow along as I read together, Uh, follow along, you don't have to read with me, all right? It says, in those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria, and all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of the fact that God is with us, Emmanuel, from Matthew chapter 1. And here we have the announcement to the shepherds that finally God is with us. He is Emmanuel. And uh, that idea that God is present with us, that he's with us, is so important. And that's one of the reasons why we celebrate Christmas so much, because it's not just that, okay, uh, God has done some good in our lives, or that God is, God is able to provide for us, but that now he is, he is present with us. He, he has come. He is in the flesh with us, and he can care for us. And Psalm 23, uh, Pastor Jeff looked at last week, and it's an interesting thing with Psalm 53. There's or 23, there's, um, there's 57 Hebrew words in, in Psalm 23. And the exact middle word, the 29th word, right? So 28 and then 28. The 29th word is the word because. And it's the, it, it, it helps the whole psalm revolve around itself, right? Because what? It's because you are with me, Right? the whole point of Psalm 23: The Lord is my shepherd. Why, why is that a good thing? Because he is with me. And as we celebrate Christ's birth, sometimes we struggle, right? How do I know Christ is with me? How do I know God is with me? How do I, how do I feel sometimes like God is with me, right? We don't feel that way sometimes. We feel apart, separated, uh, distant from God in various ways. And Christ came in in three primary roles, and we celebrate the term Christ because it's the term the anointed one. In the Old Testament, they anointed various people, but there was this this beginning kind of burgeoning idea that, okay, the anointed one, especially in Isaiah, he brings out this this anointed one, this servant's going to come, and he's the one that's going to do everything that God promises to do. And they anointed in the Old Testament prophets and priests and kings. And what we see in the New Testament is that Christ is the prophet, the priest, and the king. And I want you to see how, this morning, how Christ is those present with us, if you will, all right? So the first thing that I want to notice together is that we need to listen to the prophet. We need to listen to the prophet because Christ is, in a sense, the prophet. He's anointed as the prophet. And we see that, especially in Isaiah 61, which Jesus quotes about himself in the Gospels, which says, "...the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor." He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison uh, to those who are bound, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of judgment of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to grant to those who mourn in Zion, to give them a beautiful headdress instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the garment of praise instead of a faint spirit, that they may be called oaks of righteousness, the planning of the Lord, that he may be glorified." And they shall build up the ancient ruins. They shall raise up the form of a devastation. They shall repair the ruined cities, the devastations of many generations. Here, Jesus is claiming, especially if it first come, he says, I come to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And then in a second return, to, to restore those who mourn. Right? He's the prophet. He's saying there's good news. And... One of the ways that we sense that Jesus is with us, we know that Jesus is with us, if we're, is if we're listening to him. Because, I don't know about you, but I, I listen to a lot of different voices, right? We think about the future, especially because we're thinking about, pro, you know, like, that's what prophecy is all about, right? And when we think about the future, we have different voices come at us, right? Or the voice of, you know, you're, just, you're not productive enough. You're, you're not going to attain... <laughs> The things you want in the future. You're just not productive enough. Or the voice of, you're, you're, just, not, you're just not likable enough. People just don't like you. You're, you're, you're going to be rejected. You're going to be betrayed. You're going to be abandoned. Because in the future, and we have that voice in our heads sometimes. And of course, you watch the news and it's always kind of fear-based, fear-driven, right? Like, okay, look at all the problems in the world. Look at all the things that no one can solve, right? And we can either listen to those voices or we can listen to Jesus. And if we're listening to Jesus, we, we, we can know his presence. We can hear him, his voice in our lives. But we, like sheep, right, we... We go astray, we go our own way, we do our own thing, and we get stuck. Similar to this uh, sheep here, just humor me as I show you this sheep. Uh, oh, dear. That's funny. <laughs> uh, he's not going anywhere, right? He, he thinks he might be able to go somewhere, but he really can't, right? And, and we get stuck like that, right? We, we think, oh, I'm going to go this direction, or I'm going to run away from this problem, or I'm going to make this happen in my life. And we always seem to come to and circle back around to the same problems and face the same things. And then we start to hear the same voices over and over again. You know, the, one of the reasons I think why Jesus said you need to be like a child to enter the kingdom of heaven is because children know they're stuck way better than adults do. We, we, they know, hey, I can't handle this. I can't do this. I can't make this happen for myself. And adults, we think to ourselves, I can. You know, I got money. I got time. I got strength. I got resources. I'll make it happen for me. And we forget to listen to the anointed one, the anointed prophet who's saying, I've got this. Trust me. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. The question is, is do, we, do we hear Christ's voice as good news? You know, Right? We love Christmas time partially because we just love to see the joy in, Christ, uh, in children's faces. Why? Because when we say, it's Christmas, man, boom, that's good news to kids. You know? They're ready for it. They're like, hey, this is awesome, let's go, right? Do you hear Christ's voice saying, I've got good news for you, that future that you're worried about, those things that you're fearful of, those voices that say you're not enough, I've got good news for you, I am with you. And as we we listen to the prophet, as we consider his voice, it's important that we do that. Otherwise, we feel lost at times, right? Right? We feel like, I don't know what the future can hold. I don't know how this is going to go. I don't feel connected to my Savior. Well, maybe you should start listening to his voice again, getting in his word again, hearing his good news again. The second thing that we can do is we need to rest in the priests. We need to rest in the priests because he just isn't anointed as prophet, he's anointed as priest. He is the one who's going to be anointed. Psalm 110 clearly talks about this. David is talking, and Christ uses this in the Gospels, right? To say, says, the Lord says to my Lord, as David's Lord, the Messiah, the anointed king, sit in my right hand and tell him, make your enemies your footstool. The Lord sends forth from Zion your mighty scepter. Rule in the midst of your enemies. Your people will offer themselves freely on the day of your Power in holy garments. From the womb of the morning, the dew of your youth will be yours. The Lord has sworn and will not change his mind. You are a priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. So you have the king and the priest united here, which was not allowed in the Old Testament. But here David is predicting and talking about this king who is going to be a priest, the priest who would come and bless his people. And Hebrews references this and talks about this as different from the Levitical priests. In, in Hebrews chapter 7, it says this, the former priests were many in number because they were prevented by death from continuing in office. But he holds, his, that is Christ, holds his priesthood permanently because he continues forever. Consequently, he is able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to God through him since he always lives to make intercession for them. Do you realize that if Christ is your priest and he is with you, then he's always making intercession for you? He always lives. He never dies. He's never able to die. He's at God's right hand, always making intercession for you. Do you rest in that? when you think about your life and all the mis- the, now the, the past, the mistakes you've made, the things that have gone wrong, the things that you wish you could change about your life. You have a priest, a high priest, who is seated at God's right hand, who is even now interceding for you. That's one of the ways that he's with you. He intercedes for you. Because I think we can all identify with this sheep here, right? We get stuck. Most of you have probably seen this. Yeah. No. <laughs> this is what we do, right? And there's, just got to go do it again, get him out. I'll show it to you. Oh, yeah, okay, Sorry. We'll we'll see it one more time. You say that's so dumb of a sheep, right? But this is this is what we do, right? This is what we do. They're going to show it in slow motion one more time here. Just so you get a full impact. Yeah. And yes, right in back in the hole. When we think about our mistakes, we often repeat them, don't we? And and then we, we beat ourselves up at times. Or we're like, oh man, I, I should I should do better next time, or I've got to figure my life out better. I can I can make my life more more perfect, more righteous, more good if I would just, I could just stop doing those mistakes over and over again. And the reason Jesus came he came as our priest. He came to intercede for us at the Father's right hand and say, Father, I died for them. They're mine. And we think about the past and we dwell on every mistake we make and we try to make it better and we try to wish, wish it away. And, and Jesus doesn't want us to do that. He just wants us just to remember that in the midst of thinking about the past, that he is our high priest He has gone to the Father on our behalf. He has pleaded with the Father on our behalf. And He is even now interceding with the Father. He has satisfied God's wrath. We are His. Do you know how special it is to know that you have a priest interceding for you? Maybe you're thinking about this Christmas and you're like, man, it's not going to go, well, you know, I've made these mistakes, or and this month has been terrible. You have a priest. He's interceding for you right now. Can you rest in that? Or are you fighting that somehow? You're like, oh man, I've got to figure out how to make it better. I've got to do this, or I've got to do that. Why not just stop and rest? Rest in your high priest. Rest in the fact that he's praying for you. We struggle with this. <laughs> we try to find other ways, other priests, if you will. Maybe it's our, our performance as our priests, or uh, our job as our priest. Like, hey, I've been so busy. I've been so, like, you can't accuse me of not working so hard just because... Working so hard. Maybe it's, you know, that one highlight, you know, like you're like the quarterback who threw the pass in high school, you know, and made the touchdown for the state championship in high school, but now you're 50 years old, right? And you're like, but I did that, you know. I did that back then, you know. And that's why my life has meaning and purpose. Rather than realizing that right now, you have a priest who is with you, and he, has, he can give you meaning and purpose now, regardless of the past. Why? Because he is always interceding for you. So we need to listen to the prophet. We need to rest in the priest, and we need to serve the king. We need to serve the king. Psalm 2 talks about this even more than Psalm 110. It says, why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, that is, his Messiah, his anointed king, right? Saying, let us burst their bonds apart and cast away their cords from us. Do we, do we not see this in the world today? <laughs> the governments of the world saying, let us rule. We can make everything good. We don't need God. He who sits in the heavens laughs. The Lord holds them in derision. Then he will speak to them in his wrath and terrify them in his fury, saying, as for me, I have set my king on Zion, my holy hill. I will tell of the decree. The Lord said to me, you are my son. Today I have begotten you. Ask of me and I will make the nations your heritage and the ends of the earth your possession. The beauty here is that God is saying, regardless of what the plots and schemes and power that we see in the world today among human governments, God is still on his throne. He still rules. He still reigns. And one day he will set his king forward, Jesus, his anointed one. And he is saying here, both in Psalm 110 and here in Psalm 2, who is your king? Is he, is he the king you're looking for? Because most of us, we, we don't want to serve that king. We want to serve ourselves more often than not, right? We're like, hey, I know what I want for Christmas. I know what's good for me. I know how best to, to serve me. And I hope everyone in my life does that well to me. We don't serve because we aren't grateful for the deliverance that the priest and the prophet and the king attained for us. We're a lot like this final uh, sheep here. Uh, yeah, you'll 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 get it here at the end here. It's up on a pretty high hill. If you can't tell in the perspective, yeah, there you can. There's sound to it too, but. It's very windy on a high hill. first few steps were a little hard there obviously <laughs> but that's what we do sometimes right we're like okay jesus you set me free but now i'm gonna go do my own thing right and our first few steps are a little hard <laughs> and we need to remember again that jesus our king like we should just draw near to him do we want to feel his presence and just stay close to him and the way we one of the ways that we do that is we just serve him we just start our day and we're like jesus okay what do you want me to do today how can I serve you? How can I, how can I stay close to you by just doing what you want? It, again, we don't sense Jesus' presence a lot of times because we're not listening, because we're not resting, and also because we're not serving. We, we don't feel his presence. We feel disconnected. We feel apart. And Jesus isn't Santa Claus. He's not this, just going to give us whatever we want. He's the anointed one. He knows what we need, and he's going to give us what we need. He's going to give us rest. He's going to give us his presence. He's going to give us his guidance. He's going to give us his deliverance. And he did that ultimately by coming to this earth as a baby, living a perfect life, and then dying on the cross for us. And that's why this is one of everyone's favorite verses, right? John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. I hope that's what you believe, right? That this anointed one, your prophet, your priest, your king, is your Messiah. He's not just a Messiah or a good idea or a a, a way to pursue some inner peace, but he is the Messiah, the one who died as God's son. So that we can echo with the angels, glory to God in the highest, right? And on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. And this Christmas, as we go from here, my, my prayer for you, my, de- my delight for you, is that you would sense God's presence in your life through Jesus. That he is your prophet. He has come to give you good news of great joy, He is your priest. He's come to rest, let you rest from worrying about how how you're going to perform and how you're going to accomplish things and what you're going to do and I'm going to make up for all the mistakes you've made. You can just rest in him. And he is your king. He is one day going to stand before everyone as king of kings and lord of lords. And until then, we can serve him. And that you can know his presence with you this morning. If you haven't done that this morning, if you haven't trusted in, Christ, in Jesus as your Messiah, as the anointed one, your prophet, your priest, your king, I pray that you would do that. And if you have, let's rejoice. Let's rejoice in his goodness. Let's rejoice in his voice of good news. Let's rejoice in his, the rest that he provides and let's rejoice in the ways that we can serve our king. He is a good king and we can love him. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you that Jesus is with us. And even though we cannot see him, because even now he is is seated at your right hand, interceding for us, we can listen to his voice through your word. And we can seek to do what you ask us to do because he is our king, and he is a good king. Lord, I pray for those here who have maybe lost a sense of his presence. Kind of wondering, where is God in my life? Where is Jesus in my life? I pray that they would start listening once again to your good news. I pray that they would start resting once again in what Jesus has done for them. And I pray that they would start serving once again. Jesus is a great king. And I pray for all of us that we would rejoice in the goodness and the greatness of our anointed one, Jesus Christ, King of kings and Lord of lords. Thank you for him. In your son's name we pray. Amen.